the Inspired Incompetence Podcast, your top choice for sustainable agricultural technology since about two weeks ago. How's everybody doing today? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's us, baby. So, let's see here. Last week, we left off in the sewers. You guys just found some armored uh, vandals who you uh, swiftly took down. Uh, two of which you left unconscious, and I think you were just going to kind of let them go, send them on their way. Oh, no. We get to do a nice prisoner's dilemma with these guys. Okay. So, yeah, take it away. Well, where's Dundon? He goes, I have no idea who you're talking about. He's the old man that you brought down here from the dye works. Oh, uh, I have no idea who you're talking about. Sense motive? Two. <laughs> I got your back. 29. Butcher's like, well, shit. <laughs> it's a dead end. Rogyar instantly sees through his bullshit. He's just being difficult. Well, then Rogyar's gonna go wake up the other one. Okay. Hit him with a, you know, one of my cures that leaves him a little burnt out. Oh! <gasps> oh! Oh, it's you all. Indeed. Just kill me and get it over with. Oh, well, let's not be so hasty. One of you gets to live. Uh, me. Okay. I was like, no, no, me. Well, whoever gets to... Whoever tells us what we want to know the fastest gets to survive. How about that? They both look at each other. Then they look back at Rogar. Well, what do you want to know? First off... We want to know where you guys took Dondon, the, the old man you kidnapped from the, the dye works up above. Second, we want to know where your base is. And third, we want to know how many of you are there. And while this is going on, I'm not directly involved in the interrogation. I'm just sort of casing the room, making sure that uh, it's safe, no one's going to come, and all that kind of stuff. Rogar, I want to intimidate Chuck with your uh, prisoner's dilemma. I'm really good at these. All right, 13. You can't expect us to just divulge information that would put in danger our own allies. I already told you, if you're just going to kill me, get it over with. There are worse things. I, there are. I've seen them. I don't think you know what you're talking about. Vipira punches out uh, one of them and then walks up to the other. We don't have time for this. If you want a chance to live, you live. If you want to die right here on the spot, you're worthless to us. Which one is it going to be? Your friend here is about to take a nap at the bottom of the sewage. Give me an intimidate check. Uh, 22. Vipir starts dragging uh, his buddy's uh, corpse over to like over to the side of the uh, pathway. Okay, so Vipira's dragging uh, the unconscious prisoner towards the water, and the, the one who's still conscious goes, All right, wait, wait, wait. All right. <sighs> I'm, I'm fucked either way. So oh, maybe if maybe if you kill Yosijuin, he won't be able to punish me for betraying him. We brought the old man down to our, down to our base under the city. It's in, uh, I don't know, it's some, some abandoned temple underground your your whole city's built on ruins i don't know if that's common knowledge or not but it's, it's a maze down there down here 
So your base of operations is right below uh, the streets of Vigil. It's quite a ways down, but yeah. As for how many of us there are, I, I think I think ten, probably uh, even ten. But you've got to swear that you're gonna take them all out, because they're not they don't take kindly to deserters or blabbers. Do you have a map of some sort to this location? Some sort of... <laughs> of course I don't have a map. Yosijuan, he values secrecy above all else. He wouldn't trust us with a map. We are expected to memorize this place. If we have a map, anybody could steal it off of us and find their way back to, back to him. Where's an entrance that we can uh, find this, uh, uh, find the ruins? Look, you caught us in the act of covering our tracks. We, we didn't get very far. It shouldn't be too hard to just follow the trail back to our hideout. All right. I could tell you take a left and then a right and then go straight three times and then a right over and over, but you would never be able to memorize it. Does anybody else have any uh, questions for this dude? Hey, what about traps? Is this place rigged or what? When you get to the entrance, there's a there's a pressure plate that we set up. You press it and you're going to get a, about 100 gallons of sewer water in your face. Push you into the trough. Alert the guards. I'm going to do a sense motive on that. Sounds uh, good to me. That's a uh, 29 for sense motive. You're not sensing that he's deceiving you, but you're getting the impression that he's like holding his breath that you don't say, is that the only trap? Vipira goes, well, what about the rest of the traps? <sighs> well, one of our priests, he, uh, he set up something pretty nasty. Uh, there's a bridge down there that goes over a goes over a, an underground lake. There's a, a couple different ways to enter the enter our our like the main building, so to speak. If you take the bridge and you touch that door on the other side into the main building, uh, you're gonna get cut up pretty bad. Even if you don't, uh, it's gonna force you off the bridge into the water. It's a pretty far drop. Is there some sort of secret uh, doorknob that we use to open that? I, I presume you guys walk in and out of that safely. Well, you just don't use that entrance. Okay. All right, well, I don't know. I got nothing. So what do we do with them for now? Uh, let us go, I think. That was the terms. Uh, we said let you live, not let you go. Well, what are you going to do? Drag me around? No, I think we could probably just leave him tied up and, you know, put him in the trough down there. He won't be able to climb out, but he won't drown while we while we uh, go and come back for him. No, you can't do that. No, that's as good as killing me. There's monsters down here. They'll they'll come and they'll come and get me, and they'll I'll be defenseless. You're a bunch of paladins. You can just leave a man to die. Uh, at this, uh, Doswin says. Well, um, I don't particularly enjoy the idea of leaving him down there for predators to find him, if that's the case. Well, I'm with uh, Doswin on this one. We're only a short walk 
from the entrance to the dye works. Perhaps we could just bring him, bring him up there and tie him up there. Sounds reasonable. I'm glad you agree. Don't get used kinda to it. Seems, kinda seems like these criminals are getting their way, which I don't love, but also, you know. I wanted to leave. Alright, well, Daswin says, uh, well, it, unless anyone has any objections, I'll take one of them. Alright. Me and Thalias will get the other one. Let's go, pal. Okay. Daswin, like, like, wobbling knees, kind of like, hefts one of these guards, or one of these, uh, these armored knights, like, half up off the ground. It's kind of like, uh, like over her shoulder. So it's it's another hour uh, to bring these two guys back to the die works and then double back here. But it's certainly doable. Yeah, so you, you lose an hour, but you uh, you're able to leave leave these guys like in the like the storage area of the die works, like right right next to the, the grate. And then get back to uh, get back to the stop spot. And you're able to uh, proceed from there. As we're coming back, I'm going to use one of my pearls of power to re-prepare my frostbite. Okay. So you uh, continue on from from this spot. Uh, and give me another survival check. 26. All right. Vipira is in the groove. I just have... started putting uh, ranks in that, like this this level. Nice. <laughs> uh, honestly, even a twelve is uh, like Rogi. Are you, like if you were if you were leading the the tracking, uh, it would probably take you a little bit longer. Like you keep like every so often you'll like lose the trail a little bit and have to be like, wait, hold on a second, where did I last see it? Okay, back here. All right, and then you kind of like uh, you you like work your way ahead again. Like you have to be like, oh, okay, okay, I just found another print up here, and uh, so it, it's still doable with a twelve, but. Uh, Vipero with a 26, like, knocks it out of the park. After actually only a few minutes of walking from, uh, where you fought those knights, uh, up ahead, the walkway ends at a ramshackle wooden bridge spanning the sluggish wastewater. At the far end is a partially collapsed wall revealing a large refuse-filled cave. A brutally savaged humanoid corpse wearing black armor sprawls atop the rubble of the collapsed wall. Vipira would like to make a perception check for trap finding uh, as sure. she's uh, as she's leading the group invisibly. It's going to be a twenty-one. Vipira, you're not seeing any uh, any traps, uh, but as you're looking the area over, you're aware of movement. Uh, beneath, from within that pile of refuse to your southeast. And a creature emerges from it. And you recognize it as an Otiug, one of those creatures that you fought at the Dye Works that was trying to bust down the door to uh, the barn to get Daswin. It emerges from the, the refuse pile, and uh, it doesn't, like, it's not charging at you, and it has all of its tentacles, like, high up in the air, uh, almost mimicking, like, what a human would do coming to... Out, coming out with his hands up. Yeah. And it comes out and it just goes... <laughs> talk! 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 Uh, hello? I am talking? Yes. Talk! You must talk with Grim Tongue! And he steps aside 
and the the refuse pile uh it's like it's like shaking and rustling uh, with much more enthusiasm like either there's like multiple creatures in there now moving or there's like one single big creature and uh another otu steps out and it says i am grim tongue my cluster of Otiugs have inhabited these sewers peacefully. Peacefully! For many years. But a few years ago, the black armored humanoids started passing through our territory. Deep into their lair, where we dare not go anymore. They have captured several of our people. We presume them dead, and we presume that they were not finished, using us for their nefarious plots. You, you do not look like these knights. Please help us rid the sewers of these people. Man, everybody wants something from us, but never willing to give anything. So presumptuous. Yeah, I really wanted to take from this pile of trash. <laughs> Probably a big reward in it for us. Are you planning on joining our fight? No. We will stay here where it's safe. We are no match for the armored knights. We're used to eating garbage and refuse. Not hunting and slaying we simply wish to live peacefully in the sewers beneath the people of the surface well i'm gonna stop you right there what useful information do you have do you know how many people there are down here what traps are expected uh what direction it is exactly we need to go Yes, yes, we know the sewers well. A map. We can offer you a map. Uh, that would certainly be helpful. And he lumbers over to the uh, to the slain uh, knight, and he says, "It was by sheer chance and a lucky ambush that we were able to slay this one. He was distracted in his travels. And he kind of like just like slathers one of his tentacles with uh, with like partially dried blood uh, from one of these knight's wounds. And he starts drawing on the cave, on the sewer floor, a very basic map of where you need to go. I don't know why. When he said map, I thought he was going to hand us like a... <laughs> like a document, not <laughs> cave paint uh, with blood. But that's cool, too. So he, he gives you a map of the sewers, which I do not have as like a handout to give you. But uh, with this, you're able to get a... Uh, like between this and following the tracks, you... Uh, like I won't make you uh, make survival checks anymore. Uh, you'll have a, a much better... Uh, shot of finding your way to where you need to go. There's one intersection that uh, Grim Tongue points out. It's a four-way intersection with like a big circular pool of water in the middle. It's a cistern uh, filled with brackish sewer water. And Grim Tongue says, 
When you reach the cistern, beware. Old leatherback lairs in this area of the sewers. If you come across old leatherback, oh, he will devour you with one bite of his mighty jaws. You must be prepared with an offering of fresh meat. Leatherback is mighty, but his might has left him lazy. He will happily gobble up whatever offerings you give him. And while he is distracted, you will be able to pass. I look at the dead body that was, uh, that we were smearing with blood. I was thinking the same thing. Like, well, that's convenient. I was actually thinking about those guys we just hauled away. <laughs> Talk about fresh meat, dude. This, I mean, what still of them alive. is dead. It's so fresh. Uh, Grimtong says, You can't have him. We're saving him for a special occasion. <laughs> we have a special birthday next week. Well, you could either take your chance on finding something else for the birthday, or... We could not take out the black armored men for you. Very well, you can have him. Sorry, Danny, we'll need to find something else. If you go up the stream a little ways, you'll find a dead body. A little bit more fresher, too. Perfect, although we prefer them to be rotted. Danny will have to settle for a fresher corpse. Very well, you can keep this corpse to give old Leatherback. And not only that, I will leave you with a peace offering from Grimtongue. And he uh, disappears back inside uh, the refuse pile after a few moments of rustling around, jostling, and uh, he resurfaces, and uh, he one of his like gross, thorny, scab tentacles has uh, like a very tiny something wrapped up in it, and it uh, it holds its tentacle out for one of you to take whatever it's holding. My pure takes uh, the uh, whatever it is out of his hand. It's a glove. Wow. It is a leather glove. (laughs) Yeah. Detecting magic can give me a spellcraft check. 20. With a 20, you do not successfully identify it. Uh, Grimtongue says, This trinket has been passed down from generations. We were not cursed with the digits of your people so we've had no need for it i don't know what it's for but i know that you like wearing them to cover your hideous growths at the end of your tentacles so please oh just put it on it's so gross to look at more side eyes does anybody want to does anybody just want to flat out put it on who wants to get there's a zero percent chance that I'm putting that on. <laughs> I mean, there's a hundred percent chance that I will put it on, but I'm waiting for everybody else on this. 
That beer is also already wearing gloves, right? Oh, that's gloves. true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I am. Is it just one glove? Because Uchid has a one long glove. gauntlet. It is one glove. I'll put it on my non-gauntlet hand. Wearing a glove doesn't want to stop me from casting spells or anything, right? No, it doesn't. Unless yes, it's a glove you. of spell stopping. <laughs> oh, what a relief. So many of those tiny little tentacles sticking out of your other tentacles. Oh, I couldn't stand it. Please, please rid these sewers of those armored knights from below. That is the idea. You go with Grimtongue's blessing. And the, the refuse pile behind him starts to, like, quiver, and you just hear, like, a bunch of, like, Grimtongue, Grimtongue, Grimtongue. Yeah, all right, I'm just gonna go. Yep, that's, um, uh, that's our cue to leave. <laughs> um, well, your... nice, nice meeting you, Mr. Tongue, and thank you. Yes, yes, it was. Good luck. You, uh, you continue south as you're, like, almost out of ear, uh, earshot. Uh, you can just hear like, oh, so hideous. So nothing happened when I put the glove on? Nothing happened when you put the glove on. All right, well, I started uh, going to where the map told me to go. Yep, yep, yep. The blood-drawn map. You guys are following the sewers again, and uh, it's another long walk. It's about another 30 minutes past uh, Grimtongue's lair. And uh, you get to an intersection, and the flow of water cascades from four different directions into this partially filled circular cistern. A walkway forms a quarter arc, connecting the west passage to another that runs north. Opposite this passage, a separate walkway joins the east and south passages. Heaps of discarded wood lie upon both walkways, piling up against the sewer walls. The roar of falling fluid echoes loudly through the cistern. I um I didn't say this, but me and Thelias would have uh, grabbed that um, offering guy. Unless anyone else did. Oh yeah, I figured you guys were bringing him with you. Yeah. I just wanted to, it seems like this might be the time where we have to use it. Yeah, yeah. So. And uh, ugh, just the terminology there, like the sound of falling fluid just sounds so gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's probably spring water. <laughs> okay, so uh yeah, uh Randolph and Thelias have the uh the dead uh the dead knight. So uh should we be careful or just huck it in the water or is this it? Are we sure this is the spot? It does look like it based on uh Grimtongue's depiction. It's a four-way intersection with a cistern of of sewer water in the middle. It's just the whole part of the he'll bite you in half that I'm trying to avoid. Yep. Thelias agrees vigorously. You do know, based on the the map and your tracking skills, you know that to proceed, uh, you need to get to the opposite end. Uh, so you're on the you're on the western side. Uh, on the north, like bordering the north of the trough, you know you need to be on the eastern side, bordering the south of the trough. Now there are like planks of wood and stuff piled up 
against the wall that look like they're there for the purpose of, yeah, like balancing them across the cistern. This is identical to like the team building activities <laughs> I do. Like, I was gonna yeah. say it, it looks like we need Rogiar to like use one of those wooden planks to to bridge the thing. I assume there's like rubbish and garbage around. Yeah. Uh, I reach down, pick something up, and throw it into the middle of F3. I shoot you a look like, was that wise? Make a perception check. 19. 18. You don't see, nothing seems to change, and you don't see anything. Alright, I say that we just make the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Toss toss this body in the water, and then Rogero, I guess, try and make the bridge. Now, order of operations here. Try to make the bridge, then throw it in the water. I agree gotta be distracted right or you're saying you're not gonna be able to make the bridge while there's the threat of someone murdering you yeah i'm saying rogiar has been warned that there's a an, a very dangerous monster here and he doesn't want to go near it until he knows it's distracted okay all right well i think that I wanna checks tie, out i want to we only get one chance here i want to lose our one and only uh dead body here Mm-hmm. We can always make more dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I just want to make sure everybody's got like a clear picture of the task at hand. When I say build a bridge, I really just mean like there's it's just like the planks of wood that are drawn on the map. You would just like Rogiar would just need to like fly up and settle a plank of wood down so it's balancing across the walkways it could just be from corner to corner right here or like in the center or the far corners doesn't matter um but after that it's just a matter of carefully walking across uh like it's not like you you don't need to like construct anything it's a process that optimistically should take under a minute all right yeah let's just toss the body into the uh into the pond (laughs) fuck it can we just tie a rope around it? Go fishing with the dead body. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to lose our one and only chance here. Like, Just in case it's the wrong intersection. Right. Get it back. Yeah, exactly. Well, if that's the big concern, why not have Rogyar go scout a little bit first and see if there's, like, you know, another intersection or... I mean, I'm not saying necessarily, like, go until you find another one, but, like, you could fly across peek down over here how high is the ceiling here i assume same as it is everywhere else about eight feet at most yeah yeah Um, so like he's just gonna be floating right above that water level the cistern is 30 feet deep filled with water to a height of 20 feet so there's about a 10 foot dip below the walkway in this center ring so that means that above this water in the center here, uh, you're looking at a ceiling height of 18 feet. Even if the ceiling's the same height universally, it's just because that that's a little lower. Okay. All right. Well, I feel a little better about that, knowing the ceiling is at least a good bit above the water level. So, yeah. All right. So yeah, Rogier will. Uh, I guess he'll he'll fly across and try and lay one of those. One of those planks across the across the cistern, give everyone a away away over the the roaring waters before something leaps out at us. 
And he's going to do that before the body gets thrown in? Uh, seems like it. The fact that we're the fact that it's high enough off like out of the water gives me a little more a slight amount of security. Rogar, uh show me where you go. Alright. Um I guess Rogar is gonna start by coming over here, grabbing the end of this plank, and just bringing that across to here. Vipera makes sure that it uh like you know, the other end doesn't just fall apart on that. Yeah. So like, this, like she'll grab yeah. the other side. Obviously, swinging it around because it won't be able to be a a, fluff, a straight shot. But yeah, okay. So Rogar, you're flying over this uh, central pool area. Rogar, you get just about across, and something jumps out at the water. Jumps out of the water at you. Ah! An enormous crocodile of monstrous proportions, large enough to swallow a horse. In one tremendous bite, it's going to take a snap at you. That's a 36 to hit. You're flat-footed. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. This is why I said throw the goddamn body in first. Hmm. Um, It was kind of spelled out for you. (laughs) Yeah, no one listens to me. Or Grimtongue. No one ever listens. So that's going to be 19 damage. Okay. Uh... And does a 36 beat your CMD? Just barely, yeah. That 36 just barely beats it? No, it beats the shit out of it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, Got him. That's what I... I assumed, it, I assumed it crushed it, but you said that so confidently. Uh, all right. So, so everybody sees Rogar flying across, and then just the surface of the water just explodes. And you see this gigantic crocodile, uh, its upper upper half of its body just stretching out of the water, and its jaws close around Rogyar, and uh, it crashes back down into the water where you see the crocodile just rolling under the surface, and Rogyar is going to take some death roll oh, damage. Oh, no. Hey, we really fucked this one up, huh? <laughs> I even asked you guys. I was like, all right, so how do we do this? <laughs> we're like, oh, well, uh, have Rogue Gear go in. Okay, seems, seems smart. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Rogue Gear. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I almost min-rolled for the bite damage, and then I went kind of the opposite end of the spectrum for the death roll. You take 36 points of damage. <gasps> Oh, now is he grappled? Oh yeah, and Ro- and Rogar is grappled. Yes. Okay, but he's not like in completely inside the mouth or like swallowed whole. Uh, he's he is in the thing's mouth for sure. Anybody who wants, you can give me a knowledge nature check. It's a big fucking crocodile. <laughs> What's there to talk about? It's a big crocodile. Fourteen. Twelve. Twenty-two. You're so intimately knowledgeable about this thing. I wonder why. <laughs> you shouted so I, from it, like the inside of. This is mouth. very recently gained knowledge, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is firsthand knowledge. Uh, so I mean, it's there's no mistaking this thing as it's a giant crocodile. Uh, Rogar, you know that this is specifically a dire crocodile, and you may ask me one question about dire crocodiles. Well. 
since, yeah, going with the first-hand knowledge, what does that death roll do? Uh, you know that death roll uh, is something it gets to do anytime it makes a successful grapple check, uh, whether it's uh, when it first uh, establishes a grapple with its grab ability through its bite, or whether it maintains a grapple, it deals basically its bite damage, but it gets to add its strength times 1.5. Awesome. Oh my god. And uh, so, so let's all um, roll initiative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Uhtred. 20. Rogyar. 27. Very nice. Vipira. 26. Randolph. Yeah, it's an 11 for me. Okay, so up first is the uh, the the very uh, eager to act Rogyar. Indeed. Um, shit. <laughs> uh-huh. Because uh, the only way to, to break out, I need to make either an escape artist or a CMB. And given the size of this thing, the CMB is going to be outrageously high. And my escape artist is not good. Mm. And I don't think I can blast it. That would provoke. I mean, I can't get any more grappled, so fuck it, I'll blast it. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, hold right. up. Uh, uh. I mean, how bad is your escape artist? I think a natural 20 would not be enough to break free. What would a natural well, nat- 20 be? Natural 20 on CMB always breaks free. Right. So you'd be hoping for Like, my CMB 20. would be the better option. Are you blasting it? But I am going to blast it. Uh, it's gonna get a bite on you. Yep. I think. I mean, wouldn't it have to release me to do that? Because it's I'm being held in its mouth. If it did, then it would get to make a new grapple if it hit you and get another death roll. Well, is the death roll part of a standard action or a full round action? The death roll happens when it grapples, and it gets a grapple anytime it successfully bites somebody. So yes, as a standard action, it can bite, grapple, death roll. Are you? Do you really think like even if you used a plus eight hero point, you would still need a natural twenty on either way? Probably, because like, yeah, because my CMB is like a plus six. <laughs> if Rogear wants to like wait after me, that could be a little bit more beneficial. Yeah, I think that's going to be the play. I think I'm just going to delay my turn. Because right now it seems like anything I do is just going to make it worse. Okay. Rogyar is delaying. So that brings us to Vipira. Vipira is... So I like that wood plank, I assume, is set. I mean, probably um, not. Because <laughs> the crocodile snatched Rogyar out of the air. So Rogar never really got a chance to set it down. I'll give you a 40% chance that this plank miraculously landed uh, to form a bridge. Well, also, let's not forget, even if it didn't land where it needed to make a perfect bridge across, Vipira was holding the back end of it. So it's not like it got lost, unless you think the crocodile might have broken up through it. I mean, it's also a, like a 40-foot-long plank of wood. 
if that thing suddenly, like, if Rogar suddenly let go and the other end just fell straight down, I very much mm. doubt Viper would be like, I got yeah, it, I guess I got Rogar it. was up by the ceiling. Yeah, he was. All right, so 40% chance, 32. <laughs> so, uh, Vipira runs and... Oh, God, this is the dumbest thing I'm ever going to do. Um, Vipira runs and purposely jumps her claws out front, aiming for the eye. I am calling. You're doing a call shot I'm to the eye. I'm doing a call shot to the eye. And I'm going to spend a hero point, and I am going to add a... Uh, use one of the pluses from the, uh, from the hero reading. Okay. And you're jumping into the water to do this? Or you're yes. just running across yeah. the bridge? Oh, no, no, no. I'm jumping. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm running across the bridge to where. Because, uh, uh, like, don't. Uh, in Pathfinder, there's no front facing anything. So you could, like, it, it's all abstract. So, like, this thing isn't just, like, sitting sitting there facing south waiting for its turn to move it is thrashing it's moving it's rolling so you could stand on the bridge adjacent to it and make a called shot on the bridge without jumping in the water oh okay well if that's a, if that's the case then that's what i'm doing i'm gonna uh, but i'm you still could even you could even charge and uh, make that acrobatics check at the end of your charge to avoid falling into the water oh fuck yeah I'm just going to make this as much as possible here. Uh, you should go over the effects of the call shot because, like, you shoot him in the eye, and I assume you're doing it to try and get it to react and be like, ah, I opened my mouth because my eye just got hurt. Like, But they, like, each individual target of a call shot has, like, a very specific and distinct effect if you succeed on it, and I don't believe the effect for the eye would do anything to cause it to release Rogue Yard. That's your goal. Well, if Vipira, if Vipira blinded it, then uh, that might help. But that is a fair point. So just going through the whole Kim Cam Caboodle, uh, you're looking at a minus 10 penalty on your attack roll for doing a call shot to the eye. So with your charge and your hero point and your plus one from your hero reading, that is a net plus one on top of your normal attack roll. And then I'm going to add a plus two to uh, to the attack from the hero reading as well. Oh, okay, so then you're at a net plus two. Not a uh, plus three. No. Yes. Because... Oh, wait, because said, uh, you're still doing your... The, the plus one bonus that everybody gets on attack yes. rolls. Yep. Okay. And you're, okay, so you're at a net plus three on top of your normal attack roll. For the eye, a call shot to the eye gives all of the target's foe's concealment against its attacks for one round and gives it a minus two penalty on perception checks. If the creature only has one functional eye prior to the call shot, it is blinded for one round instead. Um, and then there's a mechanic for a critical call shot, which is a call shot that is a critical hit. And then there's a debilitating blow, which is a call shot that deals, I think, at least... 50 damage and also half of its health? Yes. You So you need to deal at least 50 points of damage for a debilitating blow and also over half of its max hit points for a debilitating blow. Uh, so a critical called shot, it costs the target's 
sight in that eye for 1d4 minutes. The target also suffers the effects of a call shot to the eye for that duration. Debilitating blow, it destroys that eye, causing blindness until the condition is removed with a remove blindness deafness spell or similar effect and deals 1d6 points of bleed damage. A successful reflex save reduces this to 1d4 hours of loss of sight in that eye and eliminates the bleeding. The target also suffers the effects of a called shot to the eye for 2d6 minutes. Would a blow to the mouth help out? Like, uh, I mean... There is no called shot to the mouth. There is a called shot to the head, uh, and that is uh, minus five penalty, so you'd be at a plus eight total. And it leaves the target sickened for 1d4 rounds, uh, which is a minus two on everything, including damage. Critical hit deals 1d6 points of intelligence, wisdom, or charisma damage, randomly determine which, and staggers the target for 1d4 rounds. Successful fort save prevents the target from being staggered. Uh, the target also suffers the effects of a called shot to the head for 24 minutes. Debilitating blow deals 26 points of intelligence, wisdom, and charisma damage. Roll separately for each and knocks the target unconscious for 1d10 rounds. Successful fort save prevents the target from being knocked unconscious but leaves it staggered for 1d10 rounds instead. Staggered means you can only take a standard or move action each round. Uh, alternatively, I would let you do a called shot. If you want to do a called shot to its mouth, uh, I would call that a called shot to the hand since you're trying to make it drop something. That's also a minus five penalty, so you'd be at a plus eight total. Um, for 1d4 rounds, any attack rolls, damage rolls, ability checks, or skill checks made using the wounded hand take a minus two penalty, including attack and damage rolls with two-handed weapons uh, or one-handed in that hand. In addition, the target takes a minus four penalty to its CMD to resist disarm attempts and drops its weapon, if any, on an attack roll, a result of a natural one. I would put that minus four penalty to CMD also to resist, uh, you know, the grapple, like re reversing the grapple. Um, critical called shot deals 1d4 points of dex damage. Uh, in addition, the target drops anything it is holding in that hand unless it succeeds at a reflex save. Uh, in this case, it's Rogyar. Um, debilitating blow, 1d6 points of dex damage. The blow renders the hand useless until healed unless the target succeeds at a reflex save. If the, tar if the saving throw fails by five or more, the hand is severed or otherwise mangled such that only regeneration or similar effects can repair it. Regardless of the result of the saving throw, anything held in the wounded hand is automatically dropped, even items held in two or more hands. I think I would, in instead of dex damage, I would call that strength damage, considering it's the massive jaw of a crocodile. But otherwise, I would allow you to do that uh, call shot to the, to the maw, and we would uh, treat it as a hand. Now that okay. sounds more like what you're trying, yep. like the goal of what you want, than an eye shot. Oh, and I also get uh, a plus two for uh, it's flat-footed. Um, I'm invisible. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, you're getting you're targeting its flat-footed AC minus two. So I, don't don't add that to your attack roll. I will you know sure. adjust that to its AC. All right. So so you're doing a call shot to the to the mouth, which is the hand. Yes. Yes. And I am adding a hero point, and I'm adding a plus two to the attack from the hero reading deck. Okay, so you're going to add eight to whatever you roll. All right. Do it. All right. A uh, 29 to hit. 29 hits. For 30 damage. Okay. 
Well, you, def- that, you definitely succeed at that called shot to the to the mouth. Uh, unfortunately, it is not a critical or debilitating blow. Uh, but you also did sneak attack damage, so you can apply some of your penalties, right? Right. So yep. I'm going to add a... I don't know if it's going to do much, but I'll add the minus four to attack. And I'll do... uh, I'll do uh, minus one to uh, strength. Okay. So 35 damage, and the called shot to the hand says, for 1d4 rounds, any attack rolls, damage rolls, or ability checks, or skill checks made using the wounded hand, i.e. mouth, take a minus two penalty. So that's another minus two to attack, and and then a minus two to damage. I, I try to give it to you like uh, well, that was a yeah. that was a that was a good retinue of uh, penalties you just gave him. Yeah. yeah. Uh but Rogiar is still in this thing's mouth. Matt, are you gonna use your uh delayed action or are you gonna keep holding? Now if you keep delaying Uhtred's up next. Uh, now see I could try and do the exact same thing and I'm a little so, bit hold more- on. Yeah. Uh, so, Vipera, am I correct in putting you right here? Oh, also make an acrobatics check, please. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, and and I will keep delaying until, for now. Okay. I can't roll below a fifteen. Is that still required? Okay. And you're fine. Okay. No, you're fine. We do have a problem though, because I don't think Utrid can reach an open square with a move action. Can you? Unless, unless he wants to jump into the water. That's what I was gonna ask. If I went straight across, and if I do that, is that considered a charge? I'll give you. I'll allow you to make an acrobatics check to see how like well you jump and like aim yourself, and then maybe. Okay. I want to. I want to spend an Arcana point to Keen Valo. Okay. I'm gonna basically just get a running start leap across to like this square so a 10 foot trying to make a 10 foot jump and make a called shot same as Vipira to the snout the snoot you're also making a called shot yeah I'm gonna try and do the Uh, same thing that Vipira did alright just FYI it's not gonna stack unless you get like a critical or debilitating called shot no I, I get that I'm, uh, Uhtred I'm, is a crit fisher. That's exactly. Yep. I'm fishing for that specifically. Um, okay. So, give me an acrobatics check. Um, also, with this thing's reach, Vipira was invisible, but you're gonna provoke before you reach it. Okay. Now its its mouth is currently busy, but it might still be able to attack you. Okay. I guess I'm debating: should I use it, the hero point plus eight on the acrobatics, or my attack? Acrobatics is not good. It's only got. Well, what five is your acrobatics? A five? It's a five. I mean, so you have you'll have a running start. So I, I don't I have no problem telling you that for a ten foot jump you need an acrobatics. It's an acrobatics DC ten. So you need to roll a five or higher to to make that. Okay. I'd say if you got a fifteen. I would let you treat it as a charge. All right. Well, I'm fishing for the crit more than anything. So I'm not sure the plus eight really matters on the attack. No, because if it's not a crit, it's not a crit. 
Yeah, you got to roll a 15 so I'm gonna use, no matter what you get there. Yeah, so I'm going to use the hero point on this acrobatics check for a plus 8, and that puts me at 13. So as long as I roll a 3 or higher. 2 or higher. What? 3. Uh, well, I guess because I rolled and met the DC, so I'm rolling, it goes to me. So a 2 or higher. Just don't roll yeah. a 1. Yes, yeah, less yep. words. Ah. Oh, Damn it. shit. Damn it. Yes. Damn it. That oh, I needed that on the next roll, not this roll. Yes. Oh. I love it when you waste hero points. So that's a, a natural 20 for a 25, uh, a 33, 33 on my acrobatics check. Treat it as a charge, but this, this thing does get an attack of opportunity. And uh, so you've got a good, you've got a good, uh, lock on its head that you're charging towards but then it's tail from just out of sight and just like spanning your whole vision as it arcs in this gigantic movement just comes around for a whoosh that's going to be a 21 the surface of the water explodes as its tail uh, slaps down just narrowly avoiding you you're free to make your called shot this is it, boys. One shot with Vala for all the marbles. Oh, what is oh that? Oh, my God. What is that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's an 18 He's on the dice man. for a crit threat, and the confirmation is a 27. That's going to confirm, motherfucker. Oh, my God. Oh, Utrid. Yes. Some things never change. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, crit 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 we've got a fan crit here from a mr nick putney what we've cycled through the deck we're back to the some of these fan crits (laughs) all right so this is a generic crit it's for all damage types it's called turn the tide Oh. uh double damage and if this attack drops the target to zero or fewer hit points gain a hero point very cool. All right. Yeah, uh, Uhtred, go ahead and uh, tell me what you got for damage. Uh, 20. Okay, now let's look one more time at called shots. So go ahead and roll 1d4, and that's how much strength damage you dealt to it. In addition, the target drops anything it's holding in that hand unless it succeeds at a reflex save. Uh, and saving throws versus called shots I think are equal to the AC that you hit. With a confirmation roll, just like with uh, like with our crit cards. So that's a DC 27 reflex save? Yep. I'll tell you, these giant crocodiles, they got some killer reflexes. <laughs> I mean, it's not horrible, actually, but... Uh, yeah, 27 is a high order. 19. So Uhtred brings his scimitar down into this thing's maw dealing 1d4 points of strength damage and uh, forcing it to drop Rogyar. It was 2 strength damage. Alright. That's going to stack with the 1 point of strength damage that Viper has already dealt to it. You guys are fucking this croc up. It is now the croc's turn, unless Rogyar wants to go. Yeah, you probably should. (laughs) Like, I definitely do. And I'm, like, I'm going to. I'm just... I'm concerned because I know this. Like, I'm gonna take a full withdraw action, 
and I know this thing's got to reach more than five feet, so that ain't gonna do shit. <laughs> well, it already yeah. took its uh, attack, so I, I don't know if it has. Oh, that's oh, true, that's unless true. it has combat reflexes. Yeah, crocodiles are known for their combat reflexes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Um, all right, so yeah, I, I will. I'll take the move action to get out of the water, and then I'll use the standard action just to move. And like start flying down that that eastern hallway a bit just to get away from this thing. Okay. Holy I, shit. Alright, so it is Leatherback's turn. Well, he is nothing if not lazy, and he's going to go after the easiest prey he can perceive, which is the foolish man who has jumped in the water with him. So that's going he's going to uh, full attack on Utrid. Yeah. Uh, alright, well I got a twenty-eight. Nope. Uh, then it's going to come around with another tail slap, and that's going to be a 22 to hit. All right, well, that was Leatherback's turn, and it is now Doswin's turn. And uh, Doswin says, Holy shit, Rogyar! Good, stay out, of th- stay out of the way! We'll get it! And she's going to unload on Leatherback. Fortunately, Leatherback is not evil. She can't smite evil. First attack is a miss. Second attack is a hit. Third attack is a miss. Okay, so Doswin deals only six points of damage, but she rolled pretty lousy on her attack rolls, and fighting dumb animals is not her strong suit. So that brings us to Randolph, who bravely throws the dead body in the water to distract it. Not yet, I don't. (laughs) So in the heat of the moment, Randolph thinks that there's no time for the original plan, which is him and Thalias to carefully throw it in the water and then hustle across the bridge and everyone's all safe. He's gonna... He's holding the body with Thalias. He's gonna cast fly on himself with one hand and then grab the body from Thalias, you know, like fully, just snatch it from him. And he's gonna fly over here above the croc and I'm gonna try and just make it the easiest target if i can't just drop it right in its mouth which i would love you know kind of like a, you know an old bomber just like here you go croc <laughs> bomb right to the mouth uh just get it as close as i can now moving in like that is going to provoke going and to provoke. it does have a uh a free mouth now all right well check this out it also has all sorts of penalties since I'm flying and this thing, I'm sort of dragging it below me, yeah. I'm thinking that even if it uses its mouth, it'll use its mouth on the closer one and not me. It's sort of like, take the attack of opportunity on this thing that I'm, you know, hovering in front of you. Don't do not do it to okay. me, you silly goose. I'm going to have you roll a bluff check to try to, like, kind of matador it to take the the knight instead of you oh boy let me just peruse my abilities real quick or my skills yeah it's a negative one on bluff (laughs) but Thelias has a plus seven in bluff of course he does is there any way I can involve him in this charade Uh, I mean you could just cast fly on Thelias instead and have him do what you're doing i would call it a faint 
I at least use the same DC. You know what? No, this is great. That's a great idea, because check this out. I cast fly on Thalias. If anything goes wrong, I'm on solid land and I can always put him back in my brain. Hold on. Can't you do that as an immediate action? I think so. You're saying I cast fly on Thalias. He shoots over there and then I dismiss him so he's not in trouble. And the thing just drops right in. Yeah. Dude, that is the biggest brain shit I've ever heard. That's exactly what Randolph would do in this situation. <laughs> it's so clear to him. All right. Fly on Thalias. Thalias overhead. Boom. Thalias back in my in my skull. Okay. Body so, over the croc. So, yeah. And that whole maneuver would also have taken up, uh, like, it would have... Because the crocodile would have taken the attack of opportunity, and then Randolph would have then used his immediate action to interrupt that to yes. uh, return Thalias to his consciousness. Exactly like I drew it up, yep. So basically, yeah, uh, so Leatherback just catches the body of this knight in its mouth as it falls from the sky uh, as its attack of opportunity. Yes. Um, yes. So, Randolph, you still have a full turn because, no, you, I, I you cast fly, fly, so you have a move action. Yeah. I'm going to just move up to the bridge here with uh, Vipira. Okay. To make sure that uh, we can just cross in the next. Because I'm kind of clunky. I'm going to get as far as I can. So that means it's Vipira's turn. So yeah, uh, Leatherback is chomping away at that night, but it's also quite riled up right now. So are you free to leave or... You know what? Like it spent its attack of opportunity snapping up the the knight, but after it goes again, is it going to use its attack of opportunity against anybody still within reach, or is it just going to be content? But Pira wants to make a five foot step right here, and Vipira is going to go invisible. Okay, Utrid. Do I have to make a swim check, no matter what yes. I do? Yes. And if I fail it, then it's uh, what are you flat? If you fail, you're still able to act, but you are flat-footed. Uh, so yeah, you got to make a swim check. Fourteen. Okay, you're fine. Now, if I try and move away from him, he's gonna get an attack of opportunity on me. He took. You know that he took his attack of opportunity when he snatched right. that knight out of the air. Okay. And it is also a 10-foot climb out of the water and onto the platform above. I think what I want to do is make a... I want to cast defensively to cast fly on myself. Okay. You don't have to do that because he's not threatening you. Oh, that's right. So I can just cast fly? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. Let's cast fly on myself. And I think fly gives you a 30-foot... Fly speed? 60 foot move speed. 60 foot fly speed. Alright, so let's go 5 out of the water. This would be 10. I'd like to end up over here. Okay. And that'll end my turn. Okay. So now it's Rogar's turn. Okay. Uh, Rogar is actually just going to spend his turn like freaking the fuck out. Like, hyperventilating, trying to get all this fucking muck and grime off of him. Like, looking up and just kind of freaking out that he's not seeing sky, that he's, like, boxed in. 
So yeah, Rogar spends his turn just freaking the fuck out. All right, fair enough. It is now Leatherback's turn, and uh, he's gonna spend his turn like I mean the the guy's dead, but Leatherback is kind of unconcerned about that, and he basically like maintains the grapple uh, and does what he was going to do on his turn when he had Rogyar grappled in his mouth and the knight is swallowed whole. Oh, boy. That's how close you were. Yep. It is now Daswin's turn. She sees no reason why this combat should be over. Uh, so she's going to like take a five-foot step forward. She's got a slightly better vantage point. And uh, she's going to full attack again. Okay, first attack is a hit. Second attack is a hit. Third attack misses. But got that multi-shot that I almost min-rolled for. Okay, so that's nine damage on the multi-shot. And the second shot, almost max-rolled, and I got ten damage. And uh, anybody who has their Death Watch eyes targeted on Old Leatherback uh, would see that he's now fighting off death after Daswin's turn. And it's now Randolph's turn. Um... Okay. Well, I normally attack things with a scythe, but that seems like a really bad idea. So I'm going to cast invisibility. Okay. Get to solid ground and not on this friggin' board that he's, he's just gonna knock over. But that's as, that's as far as you can move, though. Am I still on the board? Like yeah. The very <laughs> end, end of it. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, I'm invisible, so let's hope for the best. All right. Okay, up next is Vipira. Uh, Vipira, if you, it, it was it was by uh, a sheer serendipity that you were able to reach uh, Leatherback that one time from where you're standing. If you want to continue your assault, you'll have to jump into the water to oh, reach I'm him. Oh, I'm gonna jump into the fucking water. <laughs> Everyone's okay. like, "Get out!" Vipira's like, "Fuck this thing!" <laughs> you're gonna jump in? Fucking, you're gonna be my Leatherback, bitch. <laughs> okay. Mama so needs a leather coat. You can jump in. Uh, it's basically a five-foot step. Uh, but then I'm gonna need to make a. I'm gonna need a swim check from you. <laughs> swim check is four. Okay. So you fall below the surface. <clears throat> so that means you are flailing about in the water. <clears throat> you have a hard time fighting effectively. Uh, you lose your dex to AC. And opponents gain a plus two bonus on attacks against you. So it's not going to affect your attack rolls, but you're going to be a little bit more vulnerable against Leatherback. All right. So go ahead. Uh, first claw is going to be 26 uh, to hit. 26 will be Leatherback's flat-footed minus two. And it is going to take 31, 37 damage. All right. Uh, and then a natural 20 for my second claw. Okay. And Roll a confirm. 23 for the confirmation. 23 will confirm. Let's get an, another crit card. Uh, so slashing damage. This is a bewildering display. Vipira deals double damage, and the target takes a minus two penalty to AC for 1d4 rounds. It's going to be 10... 
10 for that, and then se 17 altogether. No, uh, oh. plus 11 for the crit plus damage. Plus 11, so. sorry. Um, plus 11, which is 28. So 28. Yep. Okay, go ahead and give me a d4 for the uh, duration of the bewildering display. Two. And I'm going to do a minus two to its attack. Okay. Um, and it is going to take another penalty on its um, attack. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, on its strength. All right, it is now Uhtred's turn. If you, if you want to hit this thing, you're going to have to jump back in the water. Or you can fly now, so... Uh, I mean, I could drop down and then just, you know, like you could, hover. Yeah, I'd, I'd let you. I'd let you drop down five feet as like a five foot step, but you'd have to make a fly check to right. not drop more. But then you could full attack. Okay. Um, I want to do that, but I want to deliver a shocking grass spell through my scimitar on the attack. Nice. Good thing I've been a smart little boy and stacking ranks in the fly all this time. All right, well, I rolled five. a five on the dice, and I have a ten in fly, so that is a fifteen. There you go. Wow. Man, that was a, a very subtle three ranks I put in there a long time ago that paid off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, are you casting defensively? Well, wouldn't I be able to count, cast it, take a five-foot step? And deliver. Uh, I think you're within its rate, its reach right now. Uh, okay. Before you move, I think I'm gonna take the minus one on my attack roll, just to, just guarantee, to guarantee not it. failing it. Yeah. Okay. That's another 18 on the dice, and then the crit confirmation for that would be a 24. A 24 is not going to confirm. Didn't Viper just confirm with a 23? She did. Uh, she. That. That's my bad. <clears throat> now that's actually not factoring in my plus one from the Harrow reading, and also the fact that you're above him. That's true. Higher ground. So yeah. that's gonna bump it up to a twenty-seven to confirm. That will confirm. See, uh, Leatherback has a cover bonus for being partially submerged in the water. So I, kind of I forgot that momentarily when Vipira made that critical threat. So, my bad, but... Well, I was also, well Vipira was in the water yeah, at that point, Yeah, was in the water with him. She was in the water with him, so, yeah, she wouldn't have had that problem. Although, I think it's still a minus two on attack rolls with slashing weapons when you're in the water. Well, doesn't affect what's going on with me, so... Yeah. Um, I'm going to do something that I've yet to do with Uhtred... And I am okay. going to spend two Arcana points to increase the crit multiplier by one. Yeah. All right. All right, so here we go. The slashing crit is called Sapping Slash, which is double damage, and it makes the target fatigued. And the magic crit is called Light Blast, double damage, and the target is blinded for one round. Let's go with Just that. Poor Leatherback. I also... <laughs> so, another thing that I've yet to do with Uhtred, this is just out of sheer forgetfulness, is one of my two traits allows me once per day when I confirm a critical threat, I actually recover an Arcana point. That's right. So I'm going to go ahead and use that here. So that actually only costs me one Arcana point to do. Very nice. 
And I think Shocking Grasp is 4d6. It's up to 5d6. Yeah, ca- it caps out at 5d6. It's 1d6 per level. Okay. So you're doing 5. And I'm doing double damage, right? So that's... Yeah, so it's 10d6. Okay, so Shocking Grasp did 35 damage. And then my Scimitar, 25. It's what, 60? Yeah. 25, 35. So I just come raining down with a light crackling. You ever watch Naruto and like uh, (laughs) his light crackling attack there? It's just that with my scimitar straight down onto his head and right at the surface of the water. You just see like like a hovercraft effect where like huge shootout of air and like the water rippling. All right. And that is enough to kill old Leatherback. Nice. Wow. Wow. We couldn't couldn't have done that any harder. <laughs> Too easy. <laughs> Call that a boss fight. Okay. So with that, between Uhtred and Rogyar, and uh, Rogyar didn't do lo- shit. <laughs> well, no, he I was, was just going to say, Vipira's probably going to have a hard time getting out of the, getting back up onto the platform because it's, the, the walls are quite grimy and slippery and there's really no handholds but between the flying pcs uh viper is probably able to get airlifted yeah well to, uh, just for the sake of it that rogyar is not partaking in that at all like that's going to be utrid and if like um if Randolph wants to get thalias back out while he's still got fly going on him like rogyar is still busy just like on his knees rocking back and forth like f- just just tweaking out so uh i want to rush over to old rogyar and uh calm him down and make sure he's all right patch yeah. him up with some heels as a as a priority i mean if my using... is still actively in danger then she would be the priority but right if utrid can handle that then i would handle uh i would handle rogyar are you gonna use spell slots or are you using uh your wand i'm gonna take the wand out Start blasting. Alright. I'll uh I'll air left by Pierre onto the ledge. Alright. Uh so Daswin actually goes and joins uh Randolph in consoling Rogyar. Seeing them like everyone those two going over to console Rogyar, I'm actually gonna take this opportunity to uh use some of my pearls of power. I'm gonna use a third level to reprepare fly. And I'm gonna use a I'm gonna use a second level one to re-prepare mirror image. Okay. How many pearls of powers do you have? A lot. <laughs> oh, a lot. <laughs> like that's that was <laughs> He's got like three of each spell slot. No, that's not true. I have two of uh the second level no three second level pearls. Three first level pearls and two third level pearls. <laughs> so I was pretty fucking close. Uh, yeah, you were, actually, no. It's I. I have two of levels one, two, and three, and I have three of level two. I only have two on the level ones, but yeah, I have a lot of you, them. You essentially have like a full character sheet of spells. Almost uh, a day's like, worth of being able to re-prepare spells. Uh, that's really useful. <laughs> 
It's so useful, right? I just blew so so many impactful things, and in the total of 12 seconds, was like, all right, I could do that again if I had to. (laughs) And that's, like, because he's the only prepared caster we have, he's been getting all of the pearls of power, and I think he even bought a couple. Yeah, I bought a couple when we, that was, like, my shopping. Just keep on, uh, just keep on purchasing them. Fuck it. My my archetype was like, you're going to get one less spell slot per day than a normal caster, and I was like, fuck you, more like I get two extra. You're like, I could work with that. <laughs> yeah. Rogiar, you, you feel a hand on your shoulder, and whether or not you're aware of it, it's Daswin's hand. She, she says, are you okay, Rogiar? Uh, Rogiar, like, he's still, like, just trying to, like, wipe the grime off of his, his like, arms and his clothes. And he's really, all he's just doing is kind of smearing it around. But, like, he's just... You just see him doing that and just like looking nervously up at the ceiling. Like he doesn't quite answer. He's just just very much trying to like clean himself off and and looking furtively upwards. And while he's cleaning himself off, old Randolph is uh, you know like, oh, there's a wound. I'll patch that one up. All right, start rolling those two uh, d eight plus threes. 15. All right. I will take that. And then 14. And uh, I assume you need more. Uh, this thing did a lot of damage. Yeah. Yeah. So I as you're was... washing away the grime, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, look at how bad it is. It's even worse <laughs> than I thought. Because I didn't get a good look at it. I was on the sidelines. Yeah. Healing up freaking alligator bites out of your flesh. And uh... you're rolling fucking rocks right now. Yeah, it's rolling pretty damn good. Wait, did you even take yeah, that dude. much damage? Wasn't the first attack like altogether 36 damage? It did like 19 damage and then did 36 with the roll. The thing did like over 50 damage to me. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm down to like I'm missing like 10 now, so that's that's okay. Daswin's gonna hit you with a lay on hands then. Teamwork makes the dream work, baby. You heal 11 points of damage. Nice. That slightly overfills me. Yep. And uh, Daswin says, look, I know it's, it's been a lot more dangerous down here than than I think I was betting on. I wouldn't hold it against you, Rogiar, if you wanted to just go wait up on the surface. I look at Daswin like, yeah, okay. Like he's going to fall for that. You're new around this, This is Rogiar we're talking about here. Exactly. You're new around here, but Rogiar may be shucking, but something tells me he's not going back up there. Daswin's looking intently at Rogyar to hear his answer. <laughs> like with with the healing and with her her lay on hands, Rogyar's finally starting to to calm down a bit. <sighs> okay. Uh, no, I'm I'm okay. I'm all right. <sighs> I just I I really don't like being underground. <sighs> okay. Okay, we can keep going. Oh, I did not like that. Oh, that's so gross. Probably should have thrown the body in the water before we made the bridge. You think? I was saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now we know. Next time, we throw the body in beforehand. Or is that the... Oh, and I start casting Thalias out of my brain. All right. So a minute goes by. You get ectoplasmic Thalias back. I uh, I make sure to tell him what a good job he did, and uh, 
sort of clue him in on the happening since well i mean i guess he knows you know the so i'll just have a conversation with myself about what happened (laughs) (laughs) you know the interesting thing is i think that thing only did one person like any amount of damage Mm -hmm. yep that was it like the it was one turn where it hit us well it came you guys swinging you guys piled so many penalties on it so quick like that was impressive yeah that was sweet also it came out of the gate swinging so hard when it was near like 36 i think everyone went well that's higher than my ac by a lot yeah we also we knew that we knew what the danger was in this room so like it wasn't like it was a surprise round into its attack, into you know something else. Like, <laughs> but it was. We're all you were no, perfectly we're, prepared. We're, we're all you, standing there going like, "All right, we've got a plan. This is gonna work." We're watching Rogiar execute the plan, and then the plan goes absolutely tits up. And all right, <laughs> get it, action, go. For, yeah. Fuck the plan, like attack. That's and a- the reason why I. It did, what was it, I think 36 on its first attack roll, uh, was I rolled a natural 18, which was actually only one off from a critical threat, because it's got improved critical on its bite. Oh my god, improved critical. That would have been bad. Yeah. That would have been real bad. That would have been a dead rogue yard. Well, Uh, Probably not a dead rogue yard, but it would have been a lot worse. Honestly, if Rogar didn't delay his turns and it got to do another full round on him, yeah. might have killed him. Yeah, probably. All right, so you guys, uh, you guys continue going deeper into the sewers, and we'll pick it up here next week Ugh, on yeah. the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. Oh my god! See ya! See ya! See ya! See ya! See ya. See ya.